Everyone has a story to tell, and every story is one worth telling. What's yours? Welcome to Friends with Ben. Welcome to Friends with Ben. I'm Ben, and these are my friends. On today's episode, my oldest friend and cousin Nick joins the podcast to talk about how he fell in love with video games and how experimenting with drugs changed his life. We also talk about his relationship with his older brother and share our experiences coming into our own as individuals. Without further ado, this is the story of Nick Galarza. And we're live. Hello. What's Hello. up, man? How, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really well, man. And yourself? I'm great, yo. First, first ever podcast. This is a uh, this is exciting. This is for uncharted sure. territory. I've known you for how many years now? I think out of everyone I know, I think I've known you the longest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been together since birth, pretty much. To be honest, you've always felt more like a brother than a cousin to me. I think that's because we've always been like that close. I guess going back from like childhood. Yeah, I agree. 100% man. I, I do consider you uh, one of my brothers. It's crazy too how through elementary school, high school, and even post-secondary, we ended up in different friend groups and stuff. But at the same time, we still always remained close, which I always thought was great. Yeah, it's the family ties. And plus, when we are born together, we pretty much see each other grow up. So we both follow our, our own separate paths too. And also grow. We like grow separate because we have our own individual paths but we also grow together because i guess the whole family thing and because we know each other and we know we see each other so much over those 24 years on this earth the thing that's crazy about that is that like through all the growth there's a lot of stuff that's remained constant for me in particular with you you are the best video game player that i know like by far oh man (laughs) no like it's 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 been something ingrained since we were kids like i could never beat you at anything what was the origin story for your love of video games and how you got so good at them something i was always wondering yeah i I was actually pondering that too actually uh (laughs) but now i'm not i'm not i'm not good at games anymore (laughs) really no no you're Uh, at some games i'm actually (laughs) I, i suck ass that really yeah for real that I still I still thoroughly enjoy playing video games, but I guess the only oh, the only game I do consider myself um, a decent or at least above average at is just Smash Bros. Maybe mm, Halo yep. Two, but that's it. Games for me, I'm I'm lagging behind hardcore. But the origin story for me in video games, to answer your question, I guess it started with with my parents buying me the first consoles, the NES, N64. I mainly remember the N64 though. So yeah, and my my brother and I grew up with with video games. And we would just, yeah, we'd play that a lot. A bit too much, though. Although, yeah, too many video <laughs> games. When I was thinking about it recently, I think it's because my parents were so busy. They were working the long factory hours. So the video games kind of stepped in for the entertainment thing. Equivalent to children and, uh, and iPads right now. Right, you know, right. Parents could be working really long hours. And sometimes it, it, the unfortunate truth is they could be just so, 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 so tired. And so drained from their day at work that they just have to give the kid an iPad and uh, just <laughs> let, let, let that be there, be the entertainment for the day, which is yeah. unfortunate. Well, a lot of parents kind of use it as a cop out to not be parents, 
But then there's cases like the parents that we have who are always working to make sure that we have the best lives that we possibly yeah. can. Immigrant it's kind parents. of, yeah, it's understated how hard they work. But it's great because that was able to develop your love for it. I That's remember true. you are the one who actually got me into Pokemon. You were your brother who had a copy of like silver or gold. That's when I fell in love with it. Yeah, yeah. The the Pokemon games were so fun too. And Gen 2, Silver Gold, or is, uh, is still best. my my favorite. Absolutely. So it started off with Nintendo, Pokemon, all that stuff. Eventually, your tastes started developing more. Now, what are you playing? Now? Oh, man. League of Legends, Smash. The people who created League created a game called Valorant. That's a fun shooter. I'm trying to, to, to spend less time with video games now, or at least not take video games so seriously anymore. Right. You can get really absorbed by the, by the grind of it, I feel. And then you can start uh, turning to video games as a way of, of escape or as a way to get that, that instant boost of mood or that, that instant, I guess, just, just hit of dopamine. Because it's, it, what, what you, you smash a few buttons, you get a good feeling in your brain, and then you, you chase that feeling. Whereas if you were to learn like a practice, like let's say learning piano is it, it, will, it will just kick your ass over and over again because it's so it's so freaking difficult. Yeah. I have to level out video games versus an actual discipline or practice. At least with video games, you know, a lot, a lot can be skill based too, which, which I agree with. But for me personally, I don't want to put my time into that. I feel more, more worked and more accomplished when I put my time towards another discipline or practice at a certain point it becomes doing it for the sake of doing it it's like when you're at a party and you're drinking and then at a certain point you know you're you're just there's no point to be drinking anymore you're just drinking because it's in your hand there's a certain point when you stop tasting the drink so just just stop drinking i don't know who said that i think some wise buddhist master said that and i just butchered (laughs) it (laughs) so for those who don't know you stream on twitch every every so often yeah Um, tv sells snake trees yeah, you say that's more of an escape for you rather than trying to build an audience and a following. The audience is is definitely a bonus too. I wouldn't say it's it's an escape for me. There's a balance to it, I guess. So with with the stream, it's more like one of my hobbies. It's also a way for me to to funnel my time from video games into the stream, despite me still still really struggling in that area and still playing outside of stream hours. So that's that's something I, I got to work on. Yeah, streaming for me is mainly a hobby, I'd say. So the audience is a, is a nice bonus. Of course, it gives you someone to interact with while you're playing. Yeah, it's I, I see it as a really good way to express my creative energy. There's this uh, the more the more lively version of me than I am right now. I feel like I'm pretty <laughs> I'm really monotone right now, but this is who I usually. No, am. it's all good. No, of course. What do you usually stream? Usually League? Do you do Smash? Or is it like a variation? Uh, of like- Smash Bros. is is the, the main thing I stream. There's also other games. Games that enable me to read out loud. There's one called uh, Disco uh, Elysium. It's like a, a point-and-click RPG. Lots of reading in that game. So yeah, games that allow me to play as a character and fit into this role. Mm. Get lost in it. It's something I enjoy. Yeah, so Smash and single-player narrative type games, I guess. So I know the answer to this next question. What was your first ever experience with weed like? Uh, 2014. How old would we be? 19 then? Yeah, I think so. 18, wow, 19 yeah. around there. Okay, yeah. so 18, 19 years old. Our grandfather just passed away. And we were sitting in the funeral home. And 
this feeling uh, of, of like, we should do this now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I approached you or Danielle like, hey, we want to try smoking weed. <laughs> and first timer vocabulary. Well, you want to try doing weed for the first time, bro? And so we rallied some of the cousins. One of the cousins procured their joint, and a joint and the grinder. We smoked it in a park near near one of the other cousins' house. It was a really good experience. I was happy to do it with, with my family the first time. And the feeling it gave me, I remember the, describing the feeling. If you ever play Halo and you put the gravity on like 50 or 75%, and whenever you press A to jump, it's super floaty. So so I just felt like I was like walking on the moon, like, whoa, whoa, you know? <laughs> that was my feeling. And then uh, later on, we, we went to Krabby Joe's in Brantford. <laughs> and I ordered like three pounds of wings. After the funeral, some of our uncles got a table adjacent to us. And <laughs> and then yeah, we were just we were just kind of super paranoid, like, oh shit, do they know? They're gonna know. They're gonna know we suck. But no, there was uncles talking amongst themselves, so whatever. And that concluded our our, our good night. <laughs> and that was the first time that, that I got high at least. I don't know how your experience was or the other cousins was. Mine was very pretty more or less the same as yours, to be honest, because it was so long ago, it feels like such a blur because I don't really do it as often, if at all anymore, actually. In college, I did for a bit as of like the recent present, not really so anymore. One of my favorite standout memories from that night was when you ordered those three pounds of wings and then they came to the table and you were like, who ordered those? we're like uh you did you're like oh really he's like oh shit okay and then you proceeded to eat all of them oh yeah man you gotta start i gotta start what i what i gotta finish complete what i started complete respect to that yeah so that night was really the catalyst i feel like really awoken something in you because you've been on a quite unique adventure since then yeah i guess so yeah it's not really i mean I guess it's kind of unique, but it's, it's pretty, it's, I mean, to me it is. When you came back from Ecuador, you came back a very different person. Really? He seems very enlightened. <laughs> okay. Something seems different. So well, anyways. What did you see? What did you see? I actually, I actually want to know about this. It was like, where did all this wisdom come from? And I was just kind of perplexed. Yeah. So I went to Ecuador to, to, to try ayahuasca. That was a really cool experience. Uh, but my main takeaway from that was the people I met. You know, it's, it's the people you meet on the journey, man. <laughs> and that was the most rewarding. The friends I have worldwide, we still keep in touch to this day. They're all doing wonderful, I hope. The ayahuasca itself, every ceremony I had with it, I, I, I ended up falling asleep. I guess I just wasn't ready for it. Yeah. But with the San Pedro that they had with it and the, uh, the sweat lodge ceremony that involved the two, that's what I liked the most because it, it was closer to LSD. But the mescaline is like, it's similar to like LSD and, and mushrooms combined with the mm-hmm. visuals and with the feeling of hyper empathy and just an inability to, to lie, just like being faced with truth, truth in your environment and truth within yourself. A lot of beans were spilled during that ceremony for sure. <laughs> <laughs> were you the only one who was doing it for the first time or was everyone like a first time experience? Oh yeah, the, uh, to tons of people, like 99% of them were, were first timers. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, there, there was a... I think one or two people who did it before. Mm. Yeah. And there's probably people who, who went to go do it again. But yeah, the majority of us were first timers. What made you want to do it? 
were you just randomly like searching up random drugs to take or something hmm. or no no it's a tiny bit more methodical approach than that yeah you know uh, go for so it so before that i think i started experimenting with psychedelics around late 2018 maybe i think yeah i think late 2018 and i think it was first with uh with psilocybin mushrooms uh for for clarity the only psychedelics i've ever taken is mushrooms acid ayahuasca san pedro cactus which contains mescaline ayahuasca is is like is like the is dmt and i'm totally butchering the scientific explanation for that and finally the most powerful psychedelic of all for me is marijuana it all started with psilocybin mushrooms and the first time I ever did it, I was playing one of my favorite games, uh, The Witcher 3. It's a great single player game. And I just had the visuals of like things bubbling at me. I just felt really happy, but that wasn't the proper way to, to do it. I had a few more experiences after that. And the main highlight experience I've ever had on, on mushrooms was one where I had my ass absolutely handed to me because I got way too cocky. That was last year, last September. So I was doing it in a friend's apartment in the Toronto area, I was going through this, this thought loop, like of four things apparently, uh, this is from what he described. I went through this thought loop of four, th four different things, then I did this nine times, counted and estimated, but at the end of these, these loops, I would always lie down on the couch and die. So I would experience death and my body felt like it was failing me i feel like i was old when i looked at my skin and my my hands i was i was old i was frail i felt so frail i lied down i lost my senses i lost my hearing i could just hear you know when explosions happen in movies and there's like that ringing like yeah yeah i could only hear that wow i could see these overwhelming visuals i might as well have been blind at that point in time these overwhelming visuals were just just like encircling me and until I couldn't see anything. Some of the times I did die, I imagine my friends and family saying like, it's okay, man, just, just let go. It's, it's fine. So another time I imagine them saying like, oh man, he's, he's never going to get it. You know, he's, he's always just lagging behind. You know, it's like they were always waiting for me to, to catch up. But yeah, this feeling of dying was very, very strong, very humbling to say the least, at least. Damn, man, that's intense. It was super intense, and it it, it fucked me up for for a little while. It's still something I'm, I'm I'm processing to this day. Some of the books I read touch up on that, you know, about ego dissolution or ego death, as as they call it. The more I learn about about philosophy and spirituality, the more connections I see to to that to that trip, and and from what I'm learning. That's that's pretty. That's deep, man. <laughs> like I I don't even know what to say to that. That. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but there's it's, it's <laughs> pretty much that that experience is something that that I'm still working on. Yeah, I feel like that initial first experience with like marijuana, it kind of opened up your mind, and then it just made you dig deeper within like, okay, what else can I unlock in my brain in terms of like different philosophies in terms of life and like spirituality? So. Mm -hmm. because i feel like ever since that as i've come to know you all of these different experiences that you've put yourself through and gone on it's allowed you to kind of open your mind up more on a much more expanded basis mm, i hope so at least yeah <laughs> i feel like i'm i'm making i don't know if, if any progress i don't know but i, if, I feel if like you are thank you that's that's awesome then 
but for for that one experience we had when we smoked weed for the first time uh that that could have gone so many ways you know it, it could have right now i could still be just chasing the feeling of i just want to want to want to float like halo again you know like <laughs> like i'm playing a game again i just i just want to i just want to escape to that to that moment again you know yeah uh, there's so many ways that that, that experience could have gone and i'm very grateful that i it came to this to mm-hmm. feel like I, I i woke up from a 23 year long dream from being on autopilot for the past 23 years wow i guess i'm laying a new foundation to go forward from there man that's super profound it's crazy how like, one decision on one night that we make spirals into the evolution of your personality and you coming into your own as a human being and as an individual yeah man yeah the, i'm glad it went this way because yeah. i was at one point i was working at sushi eight a job which i ended up getting fired at because <laughs> i was late all the time insubordination disrespecting the higher ups I'm, I'm glad i got severely humbled in that one mushroom trip because if i just kept working as a waiter smoking weed all day smoking weed once i got home playing video games for the rest of the day if that was going to be my life then holy fuck I'm so glad it's not anymore yeah, absolutely. So grateful I got to wake up at the age of 24. Yeah, was that 24 or 23? Yeah, at the age of 20. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad I got to wake up at the age of 23 rather than at the age of, who knows, man, 67 if I'm on my deathbed. Yeah, I don't know if absolutely. I'll live that long either. But if I'm mm-hmm. on my deathbed, all these regrets. I should have loved more. I should have spent more time with my loved ones. I should have never blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I'm glad this whole this experience came now then later good man i'm glad too going back to your loved ones how do your parents feel about this path you've gone on when it comes to all the experimental drugs and everything like that uh i (laughs) um i told them when i was still very new to it and i was still very you know i I call it like the, the the psychedelic honeymoon this only happens for some okay you first try it you have a really, really great experience. You know, you feel awesome. And so you want the whole world to take it. You know, this has to be it. I think that's what happened with, what's his name? Timothy Leary. He was, I think, outspoken is the right word about it. And might have aided in, I think, Richard Nixon banning psychedelics and, you know, putting it under like the Schedule One drugs. Anyways, I don't know enough about that to talk more about on that. But when I was still in that, in that psychedelic honeymoon, I thought, well, if I tell my parents, it's going to be okay because if I was like a really shitty kid before and they see this improvement in me now, they can't help but accept that. And that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really honest with them. Like, hey, uh, I'm experimenting with, with these substances. Just know I'm being safe with them. They're not addictive. And it's helping me out a lot. And I'm happy to say that my relationship with my parents is like the best it's ever been in my wow. whole life. That's great. Now, so yeah, it's awesome. I didn't even know that. So that's actually like, wow, that's great, man. Oh, yeah, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said before that you were a shitty kid. Why do you say that? Uh, man, talking back to my parents, just like rampant selfishness, just pride and greed and just gluttony and just taking advantage of people who only love you. Mm. And looking back on that, it, 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 yeah, it just sucks, but at least they're still around so I can mend those things and be the child that I should have been. Well, that's, that's good that you're able to come to that realization now. So yeah. Right. Do you think any of that had to do with growing up with your brother? That's a good question. Uh, I think about that a lot, actually. To, to those who have no context on this situation, 
Nick has an older brother. If you know him, his name's JR. <laughs> I don't know if I ever watched this. I hope this he will does. Be <laughs> this will be interesting. Yeah. JR, he's kind of like the golden boy, so to speak. What is it? What's golden boy? Like the poster child of the family, essentially. Where if you met someone, be like, oh, you're JR's cousin. Oh, you're JR's cousin. And when they found out my last name was like, oh, wait a second. Are you really related to JR? Like, I'm his brother. Like, I didn't even know he had a brother. Like, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever feel like you were in his shadow? Uh, I feel like I'm in my brother's shadow. Hold on. No. No? No, even in high school, I felt that we're different people. That even if I was to strive to try to like be him or keep up with him, it's not going to happen. Our passions in life were not aligned. If I were to try and become him, I can only go for so long until I burn out. At least in high school, I had that insight, that clarity, where I just knew that we were, we were just different. Despite being brothers, we we're just different. So it was okay. I didn't feel like I lived in the shadow, though. Well, that's good. Did you ever feel like your parents wanted you to follow in his footsteps at all? Or No, no. I can see why uh, why it would seem like that. However, yeah. what, what my parents were trying to do was trying to instill hobbies in me, oh, which, okay. yeah. which is something I really I really liked that, that they did. And some hobbies stuck. You know, biking stuck with me. I guess video games stuck with me. But yeah, uh, my, my, my parents were just trying to give me hobbies, like things to do, which, which is great, which is what every parent should do. Unfortunately, the hobby that stuck with me too much the hobby that enveloped me and consumed me was video games video games yeah yeah so yeah all i wanted to do was just go back and play video games no fault of, of their own the hooks just just got in me you really loved it and became like consumed by it yeah yeah pretty much there's good and bad to that because it's like it's become like such a part of you now but at the same time now that you're older you've been able to kind of realize that this doesn't need to consume my whole life. Back how you were saying up until that first psychedelic experience, you worked as a sushi waiter. You'd go home, smoke some weed, play video games, rinse, repeat. Yeah, pretty much. Now video games are still with me, but it's not as much, thankfully. I still like playing it a lot though. And a lot of the friendships I've made were based around video games. Now the real test of a friendship, I think, well, one of the real tests is traveling with that friend. But another test is seeing if that friendship can survive offline. And for the most part, I mean, yeah, I'm still friends with the same group from high school. So, yeah, I think it will. I always invite them like, hey, guys, come up to Ottawa. I'll tour you around. You know, we'll, we'll rent some bikes and let's go. Still, the, the friendships are there. So I'm, I'm grateful for that, too. But with video games, I feel it just has to take a, a backseat. And then my main source of dopamine rushes can't be sourced from video games because i feel that's unsustainable what advice would you give to someone who is in the scenario that you were in in terms of you know they felt like they were stuck at a dead-end job and then they'd go home smoke weed play video games do whatever for you you found that through psychedelics and you, you found something deeper because of that it was like a domino effect that allowed you to really explore the rest of your personality and find more about who you are mm -hmm. And it's really put you on a better path in terms of your own self-development. I'd say uh, uh, you can't do shit. Submit to your wretched life. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> uh, so what, what I suggest is um, just trying shit out. Underneath all, all that, that, those bong rips and, and video game playing, there is something that you want to try. 
you want to try kayaking, you want to try fishing, you want to try something, anything that is considered a hobby or a sport, you got to try that shit out. If it clicks with you, if, if that's something that you really love, you just know it. I had the opportunity to try snowboarding for free here in Ottawa. And so I tried it out. I went to, to Mont Cascade in, in, uh, in Gatineau, like 40 minute drive from here. I got my free snowboard rental. I went on the bunny hill for 40 minutes and on the carpet lift up the bunny hill, I was looking up videos, how to snowboard. <laughs> right <laughs> before yeah i never got an instructor and the videos wow. they, they didn't teach me much but every time I, I i went down the bunny hill and every time i fell i just kept wanting to do it i don't know the, it's it's hard to describe something that is that that's that's like that's in your soul i guess there's it's hard to describe this psychedelic experience because once you try something out and you and you know it fits in with your heart and with your soul you you just know. I don't know. You, there's just this feeling like I got yeah. I got to keep doing this regardless. Yeah. Like this is just something I got to keep doing because this feels like an essence of of me. Yeah. So that's what I suggest is the the thoughts in your mind of of doing something something other than video games. Entertain those thoughts. There's gonna be people who say like, "Oh yeah, how about you just go shoot up a school then, moron?" If I have thoughts of shooting up a school, I want to go do it. Huh? Well, obviously, you oh, fucking idiot. God. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, going out and trying out hobbies. Okay, hell, just even Google like hobbies to try, and then you can just go through the list. Like, oh, look at that archery looks fun. I'll just go try that out. That's the best advice you could give there's these undescribed inklings that we have in ourselves it's like i just i've always wanted to do this yeah. but for whatever reason we never had the courage or that proactivity to actually go out and do it and then once we actually do it we either a fall in love with it and it completely revamps our way of thinking or you know yeah. we don't like it and then we carry on to the next thing yeah, man. Like going back to snowboarding. The reason why I only had 40 minutes on the bunny hill is because I hesitated so much on taking up that offer. Like, oh, you know, it's I'm like, I could just do it later. Uh, um, yeah, I'm going to look like an idiot. I got no one else to go with, you know, no one else. I know snowboards, but I thought, fuck it. This is my one opportunity to get free snowboard rental. I got to do it. And that's all I needed. That whim and that 40 minutes. <clears throat> Yeah, and boom, I snowboard every season now. I even went to Switzerland to snowboard. Damn. <laughs> and that's, yeah, and I was still a beginner. So that's how much I like it. I would just throw money at it. And like, yes, let's, let's just keep doing it. I'm frugal with anything, with every other aspect except my, my passions. Oh, absolutely. I, I will just shill ungodly <laughs> amounts of money for my passions. Honestly, that's probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And what else is money supposed to be used for other than like, just like cover, cover your essentials, then the yeah. rest is pursue the things you like. Yeah, things that make you happy. Yeah, and don't fall for financial traps, cars and houses and, yeah, you know, new technology, all that shit. Mm -hmm. With everything that's going on right now, for the time being, what do you have lined up for yourself? Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Like, well, no one does. So for now, I just want to get my living situation sorted out, which should take maybe another four days max, hopefully, and then go on bike rides and go on walks and play video games. That's it. Nice. Nice, man. More so the first two. <laughs> yeah. My, my job is, is, is very, 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 very good with that. Because so far, I, I can't work right now, but I'm still getting paid, which is nice. 
So my, my free time is just meditating, walking and or biking, cooking on some days, taking care of my plants. Yeah, that's it. Great, man. I feel like that does it. We got some good shit today. Mm, what about you? Oh, what do I have planned? Yeah. Um, shit. I wasn't expecting you to ask me that. <laughs> mm. Um, I don't know. I'm in the same boat where it's like I can't really work right now because both of my jobs are dependent on large groups of people, yeah. which I feel like right now with everything that's happened, it's been a blessing in disguise because it's allowed me to kind of discover this mm-hmm. and try to pursue this and see where this takes me. Yeah. Why um, a podcast Why for a creative outlet? What made you want to try that? Honestly, the biggest thing was, well, you know my story, how I originally wanted to get into like acting and performing yep. and like I wanted to be in the creative performing arts, but somewhere along the line, I fell out of love with it. However, the one constant love in my life that remained was storytelling. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I realized that a lot of my creative pursuits were very much ego driven. At its core, it wasn't about like the art so to speak. That's when I came to the realization that the one thing at my core that I have always loved and that's been constant, yeah, is storytelling. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to create a platform in which I could tell the stories of the people who inspire me the most. Oh, and, thank you. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, everyone has a story to tell. And because we're all such unique individuals, like God made us unique and different from everyone around us. And there's only one us. Our story is unique to ourselves. And even though it's our story and it's our own, there are other people who can relate to it on some levels. That's my ultimate goal. Tell the stories of my friends, the people who inspire me the most. And hopefully it hits someone who either similar position in life that they're in or they can just relate to. If our podcast here can like hit an impact and resonate with one person, then I did my job. Okay. Well, first of all, I like, I like what you said about um, in God's eyes, we are made. Um, say that again. Sorry. I'm going to butcher what you just said. No, no, no. Go it's ahead. all good. Um, there's no one person like us. There's no one person like us. Yeah. There's, there's no one person like us. I, that line suggests we are unique, but we're also not separate. There's no one person like us. Yeah, exactly. Like, like us as a whole. And mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. I like that. I believe that, that human beings, that yes, we are all equal. We're such complex, complex creatures. And we all have our own individual path to, to, to follow. However, regardless of that, we should not see ourselves as separate from one another. That, that we are all one and the same. We're all so intertwined in this web of consciousness or soul. We're all God's children, whatever way you want to spin it. We're all in the same boat. Absolutely. We're all on this journey called life. And even though we all have our differences, it's our similarities as well that you know bring us together. Our differences are what make us unique, but our similarities are what allow us to relate to other individuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even in those differences, you can find common ground in that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Going back to the start of your your answer, the realization you had when you saw that your pursuits were ego driven, (laughs) that development of that filter, that revelation, well where'd that come from? What was the what was the beginning of that? Um 
honestly, it was something that I felt deep down for a while. I was just, I had too much pride to admit. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to quote the first story I wrote on my website where I realized that the love and adoration that you seek from millions, you can find in one person. Hmm. Okay. I like that. And yeah, once I came to that realization, it allowed me to accept that truth that I was feeling deep down and admit it. Yeah. Which ultimately led to me deciding to change the path I was on. Mm -hmm. That's a really good way to put it. Say that line again, the adoration (laughs) part. The love and adoration you seek from millions can be found all in one person. Did you write that yourself? Yeah. Nice. I like that. That's, that's really good. That's really good. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. When you seek out adoration of, of everyone, well, first of all, you can't please everyone. It's impossible yeah, to please everyone. Yeah. But when, you, when will you be satisfied? Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, will you be satisfied at 1 million, 2 million, 20 million? How, how yeah. many more until you're like, no, I, I'm full. That's it. I'm full of adoration. I don't need any more. Exactly. Uh, and, and if that one person, that adoration of that one person is you, fuck it. That's, that's all the more reason to, to do something. Exactly. You know, yeah. You, you don't need any fans to do something. You just need the love of yourself and of, mm-hmm. that, of that activity. Humans are, so, are, are, are simple. We like to overcomplicate things, but we just need the bare essentials of food, water, shelter, and I guess a purpose. Yeah. Where do we find that purpose? I'm going to go on some, uh, <laughs> I can see this, this is a rant coming up. No, we've it's all tricked, good. We've been tricked by, by uh, I feel we've been tricked by Western civilization or just the, the constant buildup of, of, of history to, to keep consuming and hoarding. I think I was reading it in the book Sapiens, which I have, really good book. I think it all started with agricultural revol- uh, revolution. I'm going to butcher everything in this book. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so bad at explaining, but we settled in in villages. We hoard food. And then the people who hoard the most food becomes the one in power. I feel like that, that hoarding mentality just kind of carried on with us. And somehow in the industrial revolution or whatever, it, it evolved into rampant consumerism of, you know, buying the, the newest best shit, being ahead of the curve by having, you know, the top stuff. This is constantly seeking things outside of ourselves when all we really need is just to look within rather than without this everything we need is just it's in here it's already built in with us i mean like life itself is so beautiful this whole life is is, is such a trip yeah just look outside it's it's crazy man it's it's so <laughs> yeah maybe i'm speaking that from like a privileged standpoint probably but you know the world is on fire for, for some people but still i just think if every single person in the world just had a practice had just tw- 30 minutes a day to look within the world would be a better place Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that rant was everywhere. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. I really appreciate not just yours specifically, but in general, like when people let their stream of consciousness flow, there are some nuggets to be found in them. Yeah, I'm still working on organizing those nuggets in my head. It's all good. We all are. Mm-hmm. I think that wraps it up. That was great. That was a lot better than I ever could have expected. I couldn't have thought up a better first guest to have on the debut of this podcast yay glad to be the first thank you for having me on i look forward to any future conversation we have absolutely and that was the story of nick galarza my oldest friend my cousin and my brother 
It's been an honor growing up with Nick and watching him come into his own. I used to be amazed at how incredible he was at video games, but now I'm more amazed by how much he's learned and grown on his own personal journey. It's crazy how one experience can shape the rest of your life. Now I'm not saying to go out and start doing drugs, but if there's one takeaway from this podcast, it's to not be afraid to try new things and explore who you really are. If you like the episode, feel free to like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple, feel free to rate and review. Thank you for tuning into Friends with Ben, and we'll see you on the next one.